Welcome to Ideas Are Bulletproof, a production of the Press Pause Network. And hello. <laughs> I couldn't hold it in then. I was, I was just, and we're back, but we just couldn't decide between hello. <laughs> we're back, so a big and hello. Yeah, I thought I'd go with the hello. The, the traditional greeting. The traditional. Yeah. Day 407 of 21 days to flatten the curve. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. 407. It's coming though, isn't it? It's, 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 we're coming into June now. Um, yeah. And we're... We're getting them back, apparently, soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did they say? Uh, um, I saw the other day, 14 days until you can hug your loved ones again. Oh, ain't that sweet. I know. That's Which sweet. is really exciting to me because I haven't hugged anyone or, you know, done anything at all remotely. Uh, really? Yeah. That's unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> what a world to live in. It is. It's, it's a cruel, cruel world. Cruel, cruel world, but. I feel so sorry for those people who have legitimately not hugged someone for like a year. What about the people that hug people through plastic sheets and, you know, that sort does of it, thing? Does it qualify as a hug? Um, Anymore? Is it, you know? It's a bit like a condom on the... <laughs> you know, it's still, you, you still say that you'd had sex, right? With a condom on. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but we're not allowed to do that. I mean, if we if we weren't, they tried, didn't they, at one point, to say that, oh, okay, th- this is what sexual acts you can do. Really? The, yeah, they tried that for a while. Yeah. And there was a great unanimous chuckle from the <laughs> from the UK saying, ah, oh, you know, that's that. You close the pubs and close the gyms. You know, stop me seeing my grandparents. Take my kids out of school. You know, I mean, realistically, bringing the kids out of school was a was a a swift seize to most people's sex life anyway. Yeah. And then they said, oh, no, you're going to have to knock this on the head. And <laughs> it's almost like there, there was a, a, a very angry ripple through the nation and people were joking about it. And then I think they thought, no, we're never going to be able to do this one. We're ne- <laughs> this is never happening. Let's just let's leave that where it is. Yeah, but good old Joris uh, Bonson, um, <laughs> when he caught cheating like, during the pandemic. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I heard some rumblings about it, um, but because I don't follow all his escapades, yeah. I, I never pursued it up. What's the um, what's the story? Uh, to be honest, I'm not. I didn't really follow it. I just heard that he got um, caught out, and uh, yeah, that was pretty much the the rest of it. I, I don't know. I, I will look it up there now. Now I'm being forced to to research it. Can you imagine all those people that were single? And obviously looking prior to lockdown and they're thinking, oh, this is, re-, you know, sitting at home, just kind of swiping right, swiping right, swiping left. And then old Boris is, you know, he's getting some in the, during the lockdown, <laughs> Boris Johnson. <laughs> Christ, what a world. <laughs> Do you think he used Tinder as well? Do you think he's got his own Tinder profile? Um, he probably, he probably, maybe, I don't know. Do you think he he goes under Joris so people don't know who he is? Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's going to notice if it's Joris in it. So, um, also, um, 
another person that might be um, on that list is um, one. Um, Mr. Gates? Yeah, pie, <laughs> pie face. <laughs> Do you know, I saw it. I, I literally saw it today everywhere. And I was just like, what? I wonder what was the straw that broke the camel's back? What was it? Was it, you know, did Melinda go, you know what, Bill, I'm, I'm behind the, um, the what, what's the word I'm looking for? So early. I'm behind the eugenics. <laughs> and I'm happy with the gene modification we've got built up. You know, and uh, the you know, being Melinda Gates, uh, the the whole organisation we've got go, we've got going is doing really well. Gavi's doing great, <laughs> but Bill, <laughs> I love a tan and all this stuff about you blocking the sun out. Just that that <laughs> cannot happen, Bill. Did you see? Um, alongside obviously all the um, the 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 note, you know, his public statement about now being, you know, regrettably. Um, divorced after 27 years did you see all the um, pictures of Melinda from you know the last say, say three years ago to now are you trying to say it's not the same person yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's there's some I've seen that it, it's addressed like the thing is is that she looks completely different yeah and a completely different gender Completely different. So I think if I had a shave, I would make a more convincing Melinda Gates <laughs> than Melinda Ga- than official <laughs> Melinda Gates. Melinda Gates two point Yeah, yeah. This is there's a lot of shade um, with this one. I actually heard I heard a story. Um, I, this is a disclaimer. I don't know if it's true, um, but I did hear a story that the real Bill Gates and the real Melinda um, are not in the picture anymore. And both of them have been changed. I heard a story. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I mean, she certainly has. Without any kind of discussion, if you see the pictures from her from several years ago and you see her now, that's not the same person. No. You know, people put on weight and, you know, people have some surgery. Well, not not us. (laughs) Not us peasants, but the... uh, you know, the, the higher-ups, they have surgery done and, you know, all, this, all the different stuff that people go through. But structurally, she is a different person. You know, completely different nose, different eyes, different yeah. ears, different jawline. She got taller as well. She got. Have, have you seen that? I've got to find it. Have you seen the picture of her um, in a dress and the arms are out? Uh, nah, nah. Girl oh, I, I think I did. She's massive. Yeah? yeah? <laughs> she is. Yeah, man. She's, she's a... She's a she, he, she's... It's... It, she's massive. She's got some arms on her, like not careful. No. She's a identification <laughs> of a she, right? I, I haven't asked her pronouns yet, but I'm, you know, <laughs> she. Let's let's presume she's a she. But yeah, the, the the length of her arms is surreal. You know, they're almost. It's hard to believe it's not a Photoshop because they're nearly touching her knees. Um, wow. But the the sheer girth of her arms. She's been either she's lifting and she's got some really good genetics for a female <laughs> lifter. Or we're looking at a um, a Michael Gates, mm. Michael Gates, Michael Obama. Do you think they um? Do you think they they get together and they go wig shopping together, pick the dresses out, get the body suits, <laughs> go for all that kind of thing? Uh, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. What do you make of it though? Because there's a lot of people who are coming out and saying, 
oh, this is very, very obviously a, a psyop of some sort. This is obviously, this isn't, uh, no way they've just, um, you know, this completely monogamous relationship has just happened to break down at this particular time. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think everything they're throwing out is psyops. Um, they're going to throw a million things at you, a million miles an hour. This is just another one, um, obviously planned. Um, yeah, the, the way I see it, they're put together anyway, they're, and they're taken apart, not by themselves, but they'll be um, they'll be removed from each yeah. other. Do you know more and more and more, and and some things like this just seem to to correlate around this foreboding sense of something big big coming towards yeah, us. Yeah. And this seems completely unrelated, obviously. It, it doesn't really have much to do on the face of it with the pandemic or anything revolving that, but it's just ominous. It's just another another coincidence and a, another timely event around all this time when, when something, I don't know, it's something feels like it's coming. Something definitely feels like it's coming. It's, um, you know, India is still, at least as far as we can tell, completely out of control at this point. You know, I think they, they announced 20 million cases, which is just astronomical. If true, of course, because they're obviously still using the the, the PCR test um, that that we've that we've you know kind of flagged up, and many people have flagged up, is effectively complete completely redundant. But um, yeah, it's it's I don't know what's. Do you know what I think might be? And I think we're we're perhaps seeing a bit more of this, and I keep hearing reports of this. The you know, you've seen, as I hope certain people have as well, um, Dr. Vernon Colnan, when he was talking about the what is effectively known as viral shedding. So the, the idea of people who have been vaccinated will then effectively become, as we've said so many times, these walking biological laboratories that can effectively shed the vaccine or a, a hybrid kind of chimeric version or strain that their body has then created from the vaccine um out to people who have not been vaccinated and vernon coleman said this is going to be really bad because it's going to be to the state where the people who are not vaccinated are going to be in massive massive trouble because of the vaccinated people and that viral shedding is going to be huge and you know i mentioned this sort of ages ago and it's at first i thought it was kind of what would you call it? Just coincidence. Just coincidence, really. Um, but sort of around the time the lockdown ended and all the stores started reopening, um, my partner got really, really, she started getting really serious migraines, really serious migraines. Um, and someone who's never, ever had migraines before. You know, I've, I've had a few, and they're normally down to caffeine consumption and then going off and going off. Um, but herself, literally, no no reason completely inexplicable and um they were going to sleep with migraines waking up with the same migraine taking a tablet and just taking the very very edge of it off but never managing to kind of really prevent them from coming through so strongly um and obviously we we pursued it and she went to opticians and they said oh you could do with some glasses we got some glasses and that is, is somewhat cleared up the, the migraines to an extent. But at that same time, and I, you'll probably remember when I was saying on the group, you know, has is anyone else feeling absolutely sort of wiped out, absolutely 
kind of almost decimated in terms of energy levels. And it seems like since the stores have reopened and, and life has somewhat returned or people are mixing a lot more than they ever were, there seems to be a really heavy kind of, you know, what's it called? A fugue, uh, a, 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 just a, a lethargy, a fatigue around everyone I speak to and everyone's just feeling run down and tired. And if it's just yourself that's suffering from that, you can kind of say, well, maybe it's something down to me. Maybe I'm, you know, it's diet or it's sleep. It's any number of these things. But nearly everyone I spoke to has suddenly been getting... Not, they're not ill. That's the thing. They're not ill. They're not displaying any kind of symptoms of illness. You know, there's no, there's no infection being fought. There's no signs of that whatsoever. But they're just not themselves. They're completely, they're completely down, mentally suffering, physically suffering, and they're just. I said lethargy is really just the best, best example of it. And even to people that are quite, you know, get up and go. And. Um, I am wondering, I was thinking earlier, you know, what if this is the effect of us being around suddenly all these vaccinated people? Because I was on, you know, I was on furlough from January until until April 12th when, uh, when all the stores reopened, I had to return back to work. And through the whole of the lockdown, I was reasonably okay, actually. Was, I found, and this is the, the kind of cruel irony of all of this, is that oftentimes when you're given that, extended break you can recover mentally and physically from some sort of things but as life returned to normal that lethargy almost immediately kicked in and it hasn't subsided at all regardless of sleep or diet or any other things it just seems to be right now being around people is seemingly making a lot of people ill and um you know the, the, there was a a, a a twitter user earlier who normally posts some good stuff and has quite a decent following, who pull up some reports from Pfizer um, that were they, translated from another language, so that it was a little bit broken. Uh, but it was effectively saying that pregnant people need to avoid coming into contact with people who have had the vaccine if they haven't been vaccinated because this viral shedding would be would affect the, the, the you know, the child would affect the, the, the pregnancy. And many people have reported some really strange things, really strange things, sort of, you know, suddenly suffering from nosebleeds or rashes or inexplicable bruising when being around people that have been vaccinated. And this could just be parents, for example, that have been vaccinated and kids, you know, teenagers, young adults, whatever you want to call them, sharing the same household. You know, suddenly the, the menstrual cycle is completely upset and overturned. And as I said, you're getting rashes, you're getting nosebleeds, you're getting inexplicable migraines. And it, you know that would that would be right in line with what I could see a great evil authoritarian power doing. You know, let's make a let's make a vaccine that a it doesn't work. You know, the, the efficacy is not there. Doesn't stop transmission. Doesn't stop you capturing it. You know, it, it lowers, although you've only got, a, a, what is it, a 80% of people asymptomatic and of those asymptomatic people, a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction will die. But it stops you feeling bad if you would feel bad, effectively, for some, for the very, very diminutive amount of people that would get it. And, um, and then everyone else who hasn't been vaccinated is going to get far worse from this. And, of course, it's perfect. Because then you can say, oh, well, we told you, you know, look at all these unvaccinated people getting seriously ill. Oh, it's COVID. And we, we told them to get vaccinated. They didn't listen. And 
silly anti-vaxxers and all this kind of stuff. It's super, super malicious and super... It's it's almost um, evil supervillain level of of crazy. I never even thought of it like that, you know. Mm. Didn't even think... Of, and the thing is, is that even myself, I keep getting these headaches. I, I, I don't, mm. don't know where I'm getting them from. Yeah. I feel... Yeah, I feel tired. I'm yawning more than yeah, ever, like yeah, throughout yeah. the whole day. That's a, that's what I'm saying. It's I, you know, I was thinking that this is me, and I'm just I'm just not with it. But it's everyone. It's everyone I speak to, and it's not people. Um, specifically from our mindset, it's people that believe in this. You know, that have always believed in it and believe we're all going back to normal in June, and it's quickly approaching, and everything's fine, and you know, we're on the up and up essentially. But they just cannot control themselves, <laughs> and there's there's people who I work with, you know, have always. I had a, I had a chat with a, one of my sort of a, a manager the other day at work, and it was really sad because she was from externally she was completely manic, like completely manic, and I said to her, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "I'm not sleeping properly," and I said, "Oh, have you had in? You know, I, I don't sleep too well myself." And I've said to her, you, is this a common problem? Have you had this for a while? And she's like, no, I've never had it before. Just says, I'm not sleeping. And I was like, why? And she goes, I don't know. I just I go to bed and I'm anxious. Just cannot sleep. And uh, as I said, being an unfortunate long-term sufferer of that, I sort of said, oh, you should try this, you should try this, because these are some of the methods I've had to use to try and get myself closer to normal sleep as opposed to anything consistent, anything, you know. And... She was just completely all over the place, literally manic. We were having a conversation and half of the conversation didn't really seem to make too much sense. There was just, as I said, a, a complete mania there, hysteria there. And and that can happen to anyone, you know, you you lose it. Everyone has a bad night's sleep here and there, but you'll only find when you miss a day and then you miss the next day. And what tends to happen is you get so anxious about having a good night's sleep. You go, oh, I, I'm feeling all over the place. I need to have a good night's sleep tonight. Tonight has to, this has to end now. And that you get so anxious that you ruin the night's sleep because you're so anxious about having a good night's sleep. And it only takes, uh, it only takes about a week of that, that cycle for you to be almost a completely different person to who you are on the day to day. And it just zaps every single bit of, patience and, and and really everything from you it completely turns you into a uh, almost a schizophrenic level of a double person and it's so strange because this is a person that's that's uh, a manager that's really highly motivated highly driven always organizational um and that's just what i keep encountering people that are professionals that are used to high levels of stress high workloads that have been on, you know, perhaps on furlough for several months and then um, coming back, or people that have not been on furlough have been absolutely fine all of a sudden, just being absolutely all over the place. And uh, you're vi- vi- I mean, viral shedding, viral shedding as a a phenomenon is, is absolutely real. It's not something that is, uh, you know, this new age anti-vax rhetoric. It's something that has been known about for a long time. And, and viral shedding has always been something to, to kind of be concerned about. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It really is scary. It You know, and I tell you what, having this in mind, I've had this in mind for several weeks, ever, ever since, you know, Vernon Coleman came on and said it. And um, I tell you what's a really sad thing as well. 
he his latest video was him effectively saying, I'm, I'm making no more videos. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast or I've mentioned it separately. But he said, I'm not making any more videos because I'm getting so much hatred come through. You know, people effectively threatening to kill him, threatening to kill his family, um, just threatening general acts of violence against him. You know, and this is a this is an old man. You know, he's he seems to be sort of late into his 70s, sitting in his little leather armchair, you know, in front of his bookcase and, and just reading from his notes. But he's been in the field for well over 40 years. And has been respected for a very, very long time as well. Very, very similar to Michael Yeadon, you know, former Pfizer R&D researcher, who as soon as he started not towing essentially the, 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 the official line, has then been lambasted and attacked and cancelled and taken down. And the same thing has happened to Vernon Colden. He went in his last video and bless his heart, just to, you know, that a man of that that pedigree, so to speak, just breaking down and crying in front of the audience and saying, I cannot do this anymore and I won't do this because all I've wanted to do is tell the truth. And, I mean, he's in a privileged position to some extent that he isn't, I believe, no longer kind of practising, so he is retired and still keeps on top of it. Um, so they can't really cancel him and make him lose his job, but the threats are enough, you know, to, 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 to make you in. But some of his last videos were saying, you know, viral shedding between the vaccinated, damaging the unvaccinated is going to be real, real, is going to be a really big concern for us. And that's so scary because, I mean, how many people are listening to this? And, and it, the resistance, so to speak, if we're going to call it that, and let's, let's call it that, that's a good name for it, that's what it is, let's be real. The resistance is mostly broken up into sort of people really under 40 years old you know it's mostly the younger people who are who are aware of government tactics who are aware of psyops who are aware not to trust the media and not to just implicitly believe everything that they're told through for experience you know the people these days are switched on and the internet has been a double-edged sword in that regard and it's it's been fantastic for spreading propaganda and genuine fake news, but at the same time, you can't control everything. You can't censor every single uh, avenue that, that, that is there, and it's empowered a lot of people. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's the that's kind of the, the, the downside in all this. A lot of the people who are in this and are willing to fight against this are the kind of younger age group, where the older age group are the guys that are going and getting vaccinated. You know, the, they were straight in there immediately. As soon as the vaccination was available, they were right there. And what we effectively have now is a large, large majority of people almost being like um, like some kind of weird biological androids, some kind of, you know, they're, they're carrying this disease and all the younger people and the younger generations that were never going to get vaccinated could effectively get damaged through this viral shedding secondhand from all these, these you know, these robots at this stage, these organic robots that are now super spreaders. And we heard a lot of that at the beginning, didn't we? Super spreaders used to be the thing. It was all, uh, you know, such and such has escaped from this quarantine hotel. You know, super spreader on a loose super spreader gone from business meeting now to here, here and here, and we need to find him and catch him. So that the seed is already, you know, effectively sown. And I tell you, with this idea in my mind and with this kind of idea for the last 
since I really saw Vernon Coleman's video, it's been on my mind constantly. And I've been thinking, well, I have to keep, I have to constantly maintain this as a potential notion of what could happen. And then I saw today, let me just find it quickly. Um, Here you go. This is really creepy, really, really creepy. Um, Scientists are working on vaccines that spread like a disease. So that was one news article. And in another one, we now have the technology to develop vaccines that spread themselves. That's super scary, isn't it? Really scary. (laughs) And one of them, you know, the, the first article was literally going, this is a terrible idea. You know, not only from the moral and ethical side of things, effectively you are now creating a treatment, quote unquote, that is spread like a disease. And that completely, that takes free will out of the equation. You know, there, there's there's no disclaimer to that. It's, oh, I've, I've caught the vaccine. But that covers it perfectly, doesn't it? You're vaccinating people and then you're spreading the vaccine as as the disease. It's a mess, isn't it? it? Absolutely crazy. It really is, and you know, so many people who are who are virologists and follow pandemics and have for years have essentially said that you need to let a virus, if this is indeed genuine, you have to let a virus it not not let rip, so to speak. You know, many in the days that seemed to be the only two dialectics that it was. We go complete lockdown. And no one leaves their homes and no one hugs but through a plastic condom. Or we let rip and everyone gets infected and everyone gets ill and everyone dies and the NHS is overwhelmed and we all fall to pieces. And that was the only two things it was. If you if you weren't behind locking down, you were a let ripper. You know, you were killing grandma and that's all you were about. And it's creepy. It's creepy in a way that You've kind of, oh, I don't, do you know what? It's this, this, it just seems a never ending trail of evil behind this. Really, really like it just does not stop. It does not seem to ever have a, uh, I, a, I think Nathan so many times uh, has said, you know, where's the get off button? Where's the log out? You know, where's the power button on this? But it, it seems so perfect for something they would do. To literally say, right, let's create this. Let's, and we know that we obviously we know from history that they have all these little schemes. They come up with all these little ideas, and they try them sometimes for decades. And then all of a sudden, they come out and they go, "Oh, you know, we're going to start doing this." You, you know, chemtrails, great example. We've been being chemtrailed, and this is from from the UK, but of of course we've seen it in many many other countries. We've been under the barrage of chemtrails almost daily. For decades now, for absolute decades. And now they're finally talking about, we're going to start geoengineering. Oh, we need to fight climate change. We need to, you know, Bill Gates saying, as we mentioned earlier, going to block out the sun now because we need to fight climate change. Someone made a good point earlier that, isn't it funny, for the longest time they were saying global warming. We need to stop global warming. Global warming is a great threat. And then it was debunked because people were saying but it's not warming. So many places are getting colder. You know, there's more ice than there was before. You know, the coldest winters on record, some of the rainiest, most horrible springs and summers we've ever seen, and suddenly it changed from global warming to climate change. 
And it's <laughs> first we're getting, you know, everything's getting too hot, then it's getting too cold, then it's completely unstable. But yeah, that made me laugh. I thought, yeah, do you know what? I didn't clock that at the time. Amongst all the um, the sustainable energy and the the big fans going up and the all that hubbub, all that nonsense. Yeah, but um, that to be honest, of all the potential scenarios of what we could be facing, I think that's going to be the most sinister, and that's going to be the one that is going to be so difficult. You know, the if the vaccinated people that have been vaccinated effectively become absolutely lethal to people that haven't been vaccinated, we're in a whole hell of trouble. Yeah, I think um, especially when you put it like that, it's just uh, it's like what do you do, kind of thing. What do you do? I mean, you can't you can't go to work, you can't really see your family. As I said, it's most of the parents, most of the older people that are getting the vaccine, most of the younger people holding off for one reason or another, or they're getting one and then they're skipping, skipping, skipping the uh, the second vax. And it's what a what a, I mean, what a way to live! What a way to live when you've got one member in your household that is effectively a, a, a just a disease monger, you know, just a machine that just spews out. And as as I mentioned a minute ago, and kind of got lost in my diatribe, they were saying this a long time ago that you um, you have to let diseases kind of go through, and we have to achieve herd immunity. And if you stop a virus from being able to effectively spread, you're going to make it. You're not going to make it weaker. You're going to make it stronger because it's starting to die out effectively, and it needs it needs to become far more virulent to be able to spread to be able to take over. And everyone was saying this in the beginning. We can't, we can't stand in this thing's way, you know, to some degree or another. And it's the same with flu. You know, every year a, a flu strain pops up. Everyone gets flu. Most people get flu at exactly the same time. You know, you have those December, January sniffles where everyone's sick, everyone's around you sick, everyone's got the flu. And then just like it's there, it's then gone again. And no one's got it. And then people are pretty much safe for the rest of the year. And, of course, in those those waves, there are people that unfortunately die. You know, most of the, again the older people that are at the later stages of life. But we don't really stand in its way. And that's what we've done with, you know, people have said obviously flu this year, 2021, has been killed by COVID. Factually and statistically. And they're saying, oh, well, because we have stood in flu's way this year, we are going to see that killer strain, that that new Spanish flu, erupt towards the, the you know that, that's what they're saying now the third wave is not going to be coronavirus anymore the third wave is going to be a very very virulent flu a very virulent influenza because we have stopped flu from being able to exist and viruses live to exist you know if, if you believe that facet of germ theory that they, they exist to grow and thrive and and exist and if you're going to stand in the way of that and say, no, we're not having you, they will get more lethal and they will evolve and mutate. And that's what we're seeing now, apparently, if we believe in mutations. Uh, they will mutate to keep themselves going if they have to. And when they've infected everyone, again, there's no point in a virus killing the host because then there's less people to infect going forwards. And if you kill everyone and there's nowhere to infect, the virus itself dies as well. So if you get people ill, the elderly will die. And um, it's, it's odd, isn't it? For all the people that 
you know, trust the science, believe in the science, love the science, hail the science. They don't really care too much about what is effectively evolution, do they? I mean, imagine if, imagine if everyone lived to 100 years old or above compared to where, you know, they're, they're saying we're overpopulated now. And imagine if everyone lived, you know, another 20 years on average. How that would affect overpopulation, you know, food shortages, all that carbon footprint, all that other nonsense. And really, if you were to look at viruses on the, the grand scale of things, outside the existential crisis of life and death and all that kind of stuff, viruses serve the purpose in that the people that are really, really sick it it does take them out and it does that sounds really macabre i understand it come from my mouth it sounds horrible but it it, it really does doesn't it It clears out the people that are that are ill that are at the end stages of a life that, that are unlikely to recover and um that's the cycle of life that's just kind of we all know we're going to die hopefully later rather than sooner but it's a, a realization and that's just science, that's scientific fact that, you know, people live and people die and that, that is a cycle. But that facet of science is something people don't want to, you know, they don't really want to know about. They want to completely stop it. They're like, well, if we stop COVID, we'll stop death. So you won't stop death. You'll delay death. You can't stop death, you know. For these people that, you, sure, you might save them from COVID, but they're going to they're gonna die from the things they were dying from anyway. So many times we've said the average, the average age of a COVID death is a year older than the average age of death, 82.4 years old, and 2.6 other comorbidities. And again, how many 80-year-old people, 82-year-old people do you know that their only other significant health factor is, um, you know, something insignificant, shall we say? You know, most older people... They have, you know, heart disease is the major killer of men and women in the UK. Something that affects, you know, a lot of older people. A lot of older people have heart attacks or strokes and then die. Um, have uh, dementia or Alzheimer's is another big killer. Cancer, obviously that age is a, a massive, massive killer as well. And people think that if we can get COVID out the way, these individuals have another 20 years of life left. And it's nonsense. It's it's, it's patently provably false the epidemiology behind it has already been proven it's not going to happen these people were always destined to die and again if you don't believe in a creator as we're constantly being moved away if you believe that this is all some kind of pointless endeavor that we're all just here just to have a good time and then procreate and then we're going to have kids that just you know do what they want and have a great time and then they're going to have kids that do the same thing and that's the whole reason that everything is in this perfect alignment everything is balanced so well and there's not a there's not a single thing around you that doesn't have purpose if you think the whole purpose of your life is to yolo go out get drunk sleep with whoever you want while you can and then effectively when you're too old just just kind of wait to die maybe keep paying for a house that you can never afford if you think that's the point of it yeah sure death isn't is infinitely scary you know it's, it's, the, it's the end of your good time and there is no good time after the good time you know the good time ends and then it's uh it's nothing but bad times you know the disco lights go out so to speak and it's uh, but but perhaps that's the, the the fascination isn't it you know that's the, that's the new 
that is a new scientific religion now. Just uh, have a have a fantastic life and you know live live your best life, even if it's not your best life, and then die, and that's it. There's there's nothing after. Just have a have a great time here, and then off you pop. See, people like to say YOLO. You only live once. <laughs> no, no. You only die once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and isn't it funny when they when they talk about having when they talk about the YOLO mindset, having a good time, your good time is always at the expense of everyone else, is it? It's always, you know, go out and get absolutely obliterate yourself with alcohol and drugs without talking about the major stress that not only causes to yourself, but everyone else around you. And I know people uh, like a really, really close friend of mine. So even when she was younger, you know, she was, standard teenage age you know experimental drugs with a lot of people do at that age and alcohol and then there was some kind of um she created some kind of mental episode where she just was having reoccurring panic attacks and then was agoraphobic for about five straight years and literally could not this is someone who loved going out you know we would always go out although i wasn't the big drug and drink you know drink taker drug taker all that kind of stuff when i was younger I would still go out of these guys and, you know, we would do these sort of camp outs in the woods, have these fires, things like that. All the stuff that, you know, wasn't all the crazy stuff people are getting up to these days. But this is someone that loved being outside. It was a massive social butterfly. I was always everywhere, really outgoing. And then literally could not step over a, the threshold of a house, you know. And, and after about two years, managed to go from her house and sit in the garden. And it was like, oh, fantastic, let's all go, you know, she's having a barbecue outside so we can go and see her, you know, birthdays, things like that. And, and that was nice. And over time, through a lot of hard work and a lot of effort, managed to get back to essentially life that we all take for granted and, and is now <laughs> maybe not so much anymore, but was going on holiday and going skiing and trying to make up for so much lost time. And this was someone who perfectly embodied the YOLO mindset and everything about it. And completely ruined themselves. Uh, and that's unfortunately, you know, someone I went to school with took a single pill in a local nightclub and just went into respiratory factor and died at 18 years old. And again, that's just if you're talking about the, 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 the trappings that try and get you away from reality, so to speak. But then we're constantly being pushed with the over sexuality where it's like don't settle down you know don't find a partner leave that till much much later in your life go out and sleep with anything father as many illegitimate children as you want to do all that kind of stuff and again guys they, they follow that because they essentially have this you know your your hormones take place but all these different things that you could put these passions into they don't care about any of that it's literally go out and and put all of your passion all of your energy all of your drive, all of your kind of, you know, what makes you a man, pull it into just hunting desperate women in clubs. And the, the sad thing is these guys never really grow out of it. They never really grow out of it unless you have that kind of awakening where you realise that when you connect with someone and you effectively begin a family, that that's the only time you really grow. You know, these bros don't grow. Most of the time they're out there, you know, they're doing the same stuff and they're never able to settle down. They're never able to hold down a relationship. They're never able to get a, you know, to, to form a, anything cohesive. They're not good role models to, to their children and then just not good partners to their wife. And again, it's, it's misery everywhere. 
So this kind of, oh, YOLO, you only live once, but you, you, you do live, but at the expense of everyone else around you, at the expense of your family, at the expense of your father, your mother, your children, your partner, your wife, your husband, whatever it is. It's not a it's not a great life. Um, and again, this is, you know, for, for me and Chris speaking, this is probably not from people that have followed that to the letter of the law, but I'm sure... You know, as we've 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 both got older, it's something that I mean. I've still got. I'm thirty. I've still got guys my age that are doing that are worse. That are worse than they were when we were like eighteen and nineteen. And I'll still see them and think, Christ, man, like how is it still going like this? Like how how have you managed to exist in this chaos for for this amount of time? And there's there's nothing there. But of course, when you're in the rabbit hole, there's no one to plunge you out because that's what you've built your life on. You know, you've built your castle on sand. And there's no one to pull you out. There's no one to really, you know, you've, you've gone your whole life about being essentially a, a lone hunter, you know, an alpha wolf. <laughs> but you need that other wolf to pull you out, don't you? You need someone there to help you and your family's given up on you because you're a, you're a mess. It's really sad. It's, it's proper sad. that, And obviously, music doesn't help that these days. You know, that, that's all it's about, isn't it? It's, it's really, yeah, not, not great... Um yeah, not great. I was watching last night. There's a uh, a guitarist um, on YouTube, and he goes on you know live chats like you know Omega and Chat Roulette and all that kind of thing. And he's a sensational guitarist. He can just play it, you know, play anything. If he hasn't heard the song for a while, most of the time he's like, "Oh, let me listen to it for thirty seconds." Listens to it, and then he does covers for people live. But all these young girls, young guys, things like that, you know, the people in his chat uh, are, are requesting songs and bands and things like that that, that I've never heard of <laughs> and I've made a habit the other night of when I, there's songs that I haven't heard before I'll go and listen to them I'll pop the name in on YouTube and then I'll listen to them and every single one of these songs that are coming up and these bands and these groups are junk and do you know what I don't <laughs> I say this I hope this isn't the gradual um, fall into being a, a, a new millennial kind of boomer where you're like, everything sucks but my stuff. But do you know what I mean? It's it's literally like these artists are... I mean, we've we've talked about, you know, Lil Nels before. We've talked about Triple X Tentation, you know, 69, Juice World, all these kind of things. All these sacrifices, these idols that they want to get you in. And these guys are essentially tasked with taking you into that life of just chaos that that complete chaotic no order kind of life and they're they're what the kids they're loving them man. literally loving them and it, it makes you love it because so many guys you've never heard the song you've never heard it on the radio it's not played on conventional radio you know it you haven't heard it on you, the, the time you hear about it making its way around social media for example you pop onto the youtube track for it or something like that and it's got you know 180 million views and it's been up for two days and you think, well, could it get 180 million people listening to this random artist that no one's ever heard of in two days? But it's um, it's it's the emperor's new clothes, isn't it? It's effectively the um, if other people are telling you that something's really good, and of course, if someone's got 180 million views in two days, you're going to assume, especially when you're that you're that impressionable age, that it's good. And you should be liking this because 180 million other people have listened to this song that you've got to like it as well. And if you don't like it, there's something wrong with you that you're 
not cool enough, you're not part of it enough, you have bad taste in music, all that kind of stuff. And you throw yourself into this junk and listen to what these guys are saying. And it's all the same stuff. It's always about drugs. It's always about infidelity. It's always about, you know, gangbanging and violence and, and just a horrible life. It's really a horrible life. Uh, that's the thing. You have to listen to these lyrics, like, very, very carefully. Yeah. Um, I, I think even to a point, you know what, you listen to certain Michael Jackson songs back in the day. Um, he was saying some outlandish stuff in his lyrics, like, you know, like just simple tracks. I can't think of anything to mind, but, you know, obviously these uh, these labels are, are controlled and and, um, and they put out these things for a reason. But when you actually get to the nitty gritty of what the lyrics are actually saying in the songs, you'll be very surprised, especially the the 80s and uh, 90s. Um, I think a lot of people got away with a lot of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the the I can't remember who I'm gonna have to find it, but um, a call for an uprising. The YouTube channel did a a video on it. Uh, most of his videos are about ten minutes, and I find some of his best work is the videos where they're effectively you know forty minutes, maybe an hour, and it's not forty minutes or an hour of him talking. It's him presenting what he is about to talk about, and then letting you experience obviously the the, the nature of that, and then signing off. And he did a video on the music industry. And it was a chap who was fairly high up in Sony, Sony Records at the time, which was the, uh, during the 80s and 90s, like one of the biggest labels for signing, you know, mainstream talent. And he was saying that the occultism and the, this, the, basically the Satanism that they used to weave into music, you know, intentionally weave into music, was just people would not believe it if they if it was presented to them they would believe it was a lie because they would not be able to fathom the sheer scope of how big this was and um you know with backmasking was a big thing for a while backmasking seemed to be being captured in so many different places um i can't remember who there was um was it Led Zeppelin? It might have been Led Zeppelin, where one of their songs were rewinded. Rewinded? That's not a word. Rewound. One of their songs Re were... Wiped. Yeah. With a crossbow. <laughs> Select. And uh, one of the songs just in reverse was 666 Murder Jesus. Um, it was either that was, you know, singing about My Sweet Satan. I think it was that. You know, 666 My Sweet Satan. And there was a Jay-Z song. That was uh, that was it. Jay Z had a song that went around said "Murder, Murder, Jesus," and backmasking, like I said, during the eighties was all over the place. Uh, and if anyone's followed kind of occultism, especially if you read the books of of Alistair Crowley, the the infamous occultist from London, it, he wrote books on how that you know it's actually it, it's taught for you to speak backwards. You know, to say your name backwards, to, to, to learn to speak and write backwards. And that's a big part of occultism. That's essentially flipping the natural order of things on its head. Uh, and it allows for the uh, the ritualistic change inside you to, to I don't know what to do, to, to be part of this weird twisted cult, perhaps, no less. Perhaps that's literally all it achieved. Um, but yes, backmasking was, was massive back then. But this... this um, this producer and, and part of Sony was saying that you, you wouldn't believe the levels it was and he left 
because he couldn't stand being a part of it, but had people that were still working within it. And he was still talking to them, you know, decades later, and they were still saying it's as bad or worse as it's ever been. And, you know, when we're getting what we're seeing now, if you look at the, as Chris said, if you look at the lyrics, but you look at the esoteric, the symbolism in these videos, it's so obvious that, I mean, most of the time you don't understand what they're, <laughs> watch most music videos. I mean, music videos, but, you know, back in the day, I, I mean, I listened to a, when I was younger, you listened to like a little, a lot of rock music, a lot of metal. And it, it felt like at a certain point in time, when rock was kind of coming up, the idea was to use rock as the, you know, the, that was where the, a lot of the occultism was, a lot of the Satanism was. That's where they thought it was really going to catch on. And it seems as, as rock and metal went on, it kind of, they realised that was music for the outliers uh, and less so for the mainstream. And then a lot of the pop music um, was the one that got, all the stuff got woven into. But most, you know, you, you, watch a, you watch a rock song or a metal song, you know, it's a couple in a flat having an argument and then, you know, the man storms out and he's insinuated that he's always abusive and the woman's crying, you know, and uh, there's there's a, there's a story there that's quite easy to follow. You know, you can watch it, you can listen to the lyrics, you kind of understand exactly what's going on, and the music video fits what's going on. It's very, very generic, very unoriginal, very boring, but there it is. You know, it's really, you don't need a, a movie to create it. Um, you know, if you, uh, for example, Green Day, have a look at the, the, the video for Green Day. Um uh, wake me up when September ends. That's that was a, a a straightforward music video, you know, two lovers growing up together, teenage lovers, very much like if anyone's seen the Notebook, that same kind of thing. Um, news reports of you know all the war on the TV, and then the the young guy joins the army, and it's all about him going into the army and struggling and wishing he was just at home with the woman that he's you know, and it's that that's kind of that's a very easy to understand storyline. That's something that people could relate to because it was at that same time when the post 9-11 era when so many young guys were rushing away to fight the terrorists. And again, they were leaving behind young wives. They were leaving behind young girlfriends, you know, families because they thought they had to fight to defend them. And it's a very easy to... But if you look at some of the music videos that are out now, they make no sense whatsoever. They don't make a single iota of sense. You know, we we, we joked about... Lil Nas's video when he was being, you know, sodomized by Satan. What 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 is that about? What's what's the story there? What is the how are you meant as a as an individual meant to relate with that? Doesn't it? It doesn't even go with the song. It doesn't. It doesn't. Not there in was the a, It's mad. And I saw another one, and I, I can't remember who it was by. That's gonna gripe on me, but it was at the time. It was all over the place. Where there was an artist, he's a uh, like a black singer. Uh, you, you might have seen the video, and you might know who I'm talking about, but you might not at the same time. And he was effectively there were these two women, like you know, kind of the typical Hollywood blonde bimbos, and they had so much surgery, they were all scarred up and messed up and covered in bandages, and they had him as a kind of weird sex toy. But then they cut his head off, but his head was still alive singing, and then they were sleeping with his body using his body with no head on what yeah it was an absolute mess i <laughs> I really got to find it just so you can see it and i was watching this video thinking what the hell is this about 
literally what the hell is this about and this same guy had so many stuff that was related to biblical was related to selling his soul had upside down crosses in his video all this kind of stuff and um it was a mess it was literally a mess and I was reading through the comments on this video, on the YouTube video, and people were like, oh, yeah, man, it's, it's really deep. It's him kind of talking about this stage of his life and, you know, the, the, all this kind of, of, all it. this junk. And I was watching it thinking, you know, again, you, you, you don't really understand what you're about. You know, you, you have no idea what's going on here. Uh, and it's, it's nothing to do with any of that. And uh, yeah, there's so much of that. There's there's literally so much of it. So much of just just a mess, literally a, a mess. But I, I'm desperate to find it now. It's not my kind of music. So when it was all over the place, I was like, ah. Uh, I, I want to see that now. I'm trying to think who the artist was. Give me some. Uh, give me some some black like R and B style singers that are kind of about right now. The weekend. Do you know what might have been the weekend straight off the bat? Actually, if you, I'm, I'm thinking if you've nailed it that quick. I'm thinking like he's uh, he's done some very say demonic performances of the Super Bowl one. He done recently was a demonic performance. He done a concert in Denmark or Norway, where and I've got the video. Um, you slow if you slow down the background. Like he had, uh, you know, like they have words like in, in uh, what's it called? They're like, oh, they'll have like a panel. They have panels in um, in audiences where, you know, words come up and all that. Mm. And basically these graphics were, were rolling really quick, like very, very quick. Like you, to the naked eye, you're not going to make out what, what was actually going on in these graphics. But when they slowed it down, um, there's a video, they slowed it down. It said massive words, Satan. Could be. You know, you know, look, I don't know if this is just I another he, one. He done something weird with his face at the end of the video or something. Is it, I don't know if it's that one. Is I mean, it a I'm new not, video? So I saw the video on it probably, cool, probably about six months ago. Um. Yeah, so probably about six months ago. Um, and I'm Scott. You know what? Scrolling through now, the you know having a look at it is the weekend. I don't think it is. It might be. I'm not too sure. I'm trying to find the obviously the thumbnail of the same scene, but you can blatantly see if you just type in obviously the weekend into YouTube, and you scroll down his thumbnails, they're twisted as all hell. There's there's in every other thumbnail there's blood in it. You know, if you look at the very top one that's coming out, there's blood just pouring out of his mouth. Um, more blood coming out of his head. The dude seems to think he's like Michael Jackson or something by the looks of this. He's, he's getting the red coat on there. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's this guy. Who else could it be if it's not this guy? Uh, don't show your age now. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be on it, man. You've got to be on this. <laughs> Um, who would it be? We need a phone in, don't we? Yeah, we need right. a phone in episode to get uh, anyone here just to be like, guys, give me, give me. I can explain the video to you, and uh, you call up and and tell me, tell me who it is. 
I'm going to have a power through of a, a call for an uprisings video. And uh, I didn't realize he had, you know, so many, so many subs, actually. It's quite surprising. I, I do, I mean, like everything else, I do sort of get a little bit concerned sometimes that when you see, you know, truthers with these massive, massive followings, um, that, you know, they could be controlled opposition to a degree. It's quite, it's quite scary. Um, and 500,000 subs is an awful lot to have. But at the same time, I guess it's, he's made so many channels because the channels keep getting deleted. So there's a channel makes another channel, makes another channel, makes another channel. Um, but yeah, even outside of that, um, I mean, if we look at, you know, Justin Bieber, uh, Ju Bieber? Justin Bieber with the Yummy music video. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. a mess as well. Yeah. And that was, you know, if anyone's watching that, <laughs> what I would be really interested in, in people's takes into what they think they're seeing. There was, um, there was a video. Um, I think he was doing something on Instagram live mm. and, um, and people were, were typing to him and that, and someone said, um, Justin, um, nod or something or, or sh uh, nod your head. If you're, if that video, no, take your hat off mm. and nod your head if if that video was about the the child trafficking yeah and that and he looked at the message he took his hat off he did a little nod i've got i've got it somewhere did you ever see the um with britney when they were doing that same kind of thing you know with uh britney when she did her music videos and obviously there's there's so much surrounding britney how she's essentially you know, full-blown MK Ultra even to today. Uh, and she's been utilised. And obviously they, I think her, legally, her dad is her guardian in the way where he makes the decisions for her because of previous psychiatric, um, what do you call it, oversight because of a strange breakdown a little while ago. Um, and they said to her, Brittany, you know, uh, wear, a, wear a, a blue shirt if you're trapped if you need help, and then she wore a blue shirt, and then they said, in the, you know, people were going, well, she could just wear a blue shirt, then like wear a yellow shirt if this has happened, and the next video she wore a yellow shirt. Uh, and it's, you know, there was a hashtag that was like free Britney or save Britney or something to that regard. But um, yeah, she's, she's so obviously literally stuck in this web where she can't get out. And they're bleeding her for every little bit of her that she's, you know, every bit of her that's left, they're completely bleeding out of her. And it's so sad because it's you know she's she's not a young girl anymore, and they've been doing this since she was you know I think she was part was she part of the Disney's kind of the the Disney club with Christina Aguilera and Ryan Gosling and all these little um, cherubs that that were brought up through there. I think she's I think she's one of their ilk. I'm going to be honest, not too sure, but yeah, yeah. I, I think she was. That's, that's where most of these sort of young child stars With tend to... Justin Timberlake. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, part of the all the, the Disney clubs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she's she's so obviously trapped and it's really, really sad because people obviously trying to... How can you... Imagine being caught in that and, and trying to escape. I think Kanye West was still one of the better... I, I don't know what to call it, a breakdown or a breakthrough that we had... You know where he was. I don't, you probably you must have seen the. He's tried. Yeah, he quite really a few has. Times. Yeah, yeah, he really has. And there was a time, you know, when he was on stage and saying, you know, I'm, 
you know, radios lied to you, they're all lying to you, Facebook lied to you, Google lied to you, all that stuff is lying to you. And then he went into went into rehab. And he actually, you know, he gave an interview when he came out. And it's re- it's actually, I, I, I've never really followed Kanye and the stuff with him pretending to be Jesus and stuff like that really irked me early on. So I was like, this is a guy that I can't stand. Like, if you think you're God and you think you're this, you're really getting on my go. Um, and it, it seemed to work for him to some degree. Um, and it, But it was just gross. It was just gross. And when he had that, breakthrough breakdown i think he himself referred to it as a breakthrough not a breakdown he said they took me into hospital and they pumped me full of drugs and they took he said he can remember going down like a long corridor and it was just black you know the lights were out and it effectively sounded like he was being brought into back under mk ultra conditioning you know beaten raped drugs whatever it is they do to these guys to get them back but what well, they, they they normally say that um whenever they've uh Re, been reprogrammed um they'll come out with uh with bleached hair yeah yeah blonde hair so the, you know the light shining back on their head again they're they're re-illuminated is that what he means yeah oh yeah. wow the lights back there they're back under the back under the sun um and he did but ju- when he came out before <laughs> before he went bleach blonde and started hanging out with trump for some strange reason um he did an interview about his experience in there and yeah, he was saying, you know, they would take. I, I, I think Kim, I don't think Kim's his wife. I think Kim's his handler, personally. Yeah. Um, I think the the whole Kardashian family is there to keep him in line um, and maybe to act again as some kind of uh, servant and to keep him on the wrong path of things. Um, but he said, you know, I had friends there, my, like lifelong friends, and they wouldn't let him see me. You know, they took him away. And then I would go through all this, the the drugs, the this, the that, the other. And coming out and he was talking and he was just, the, the camera was on his face as he was talking and there was just such a, there was a man of depth in there that was in so much pain and so much anguish and, and so much just sadness and suffering. And it just, it completely changed my worldview of him entirely because it was so obvious that this was a man that was trapped, literally trapped. And could not get out. And I'm not sure if it was before that or after that that his mum died. Um, and many have said that his mum was part of the sacrifice for his ongoing success or whatever the case it was. Um, but he clearly blames himself for that. And that's a big, 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 heavy weight on his shoulders. Um, but yeah, that... that that was really sad. That was actually honestly really. Most of the time, when you when you have these artists and things like that, you kind of go, "Look, you've sold your soul to, soul to the devil." Essentially, you know, you were given this 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 contract. You know, you'll have all the fame, you'll have all the money, you'll have this, you'll have your this. This is what you give up for it. And these people who are either brought up to be these people, or they are so desperate to be these people will take these things, take these really terrible offers. And again, it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't matter if we're talking allegorical here. You know, if the deal with the devil is just a man in a suit or the deal with the devil is the genuine devil, the, the results are the same. The You know, um, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park, um, who is <laughs> very clearly the illegitimate son of uh, John Podesta, you know, going about how excited he was to live his life about 
pictures of his little girl on his Instagram and his Facebook and how blessed he was, this, that and the other. And then a day later hung himself. None of the language there whatsoever was anything that had any implication of someone that was going to kill themselves. And all his family said he had, there was nothing, there was nothing there to ever insinuate that he was in any kind of danger, any kind of trouble, any kind of turmoil, any kind of anything, anything at all. You know, he was really happy, hopeful. He's loving his life at that point. And obviously you went over, you know, last week, it was last week about DMX, you know, you give me 24, but I need more or whatever the, 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 the lyric was. Yeah. And it's so obvious these guys are, are literally just trapped into it. And it's hard because, like I said, sometimes you feel like you've sold your soul, but maybe it's not even their choice. Maybe they are groomed to just be these guys. Yeah. I mean, I know um, Eminem's tried to get out quite a lot of times. Uh, I think Jay-Z, Jay-Z retired to get out. Is it? Jay-Z yeah. Jay always strikes me, and this this may just be me but jay-z always strikes me as a guy that loves it you know that that is the the quiet willing general of this yeah i mean he is uh he's very known that he is uh i mean a he's, boo, he's a boule yeah he's wearing alistair crowley's quotes on his you know again just just for reference right imagine you're a world-renowned name like jay-z is why would you wear the quote of some random occultist who really is has been associated with and again this is a guy who you can buy alistair crowley you can buy his books on amazon and he tells you how to cast magic he tells you to do how to do all this really twisted stuff and it says in his books you know the best way to amplify your spells your magic casting to the absolute extreme level the best level is to make sure you're having sex with a child as you're casting these spells and make sure as you reach the sexual climax as a man that you leave certain verses right to the point of having sex with this child and then you say these verses as this is happening. Why would you want anything to do with that? That's mad. And and this 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 and he's on the Beatles album. He's on the um is it Dr Dr Pepper Sergeant Pepper the uh the Beatles album standing there in the background and it's it's him the Beatles have confirmed it's him it's not someone oh it looks like Alistair Crowley they're like it is Alistair Crowley and there's a a, a video an interview Jay-Z's going where he's got a, a a jacket on and it has Alistair Crowley's do what thou wilt quote just straight across the chest why would you want anything to do with that there is nothing good about this guy there was nothing amicable uh, admirable about this chap whatsoever i think jimmy page the guitarist bought his house as well uh, and there were rumors that there were all um the corpses of children under the house and it's just twisted you know it's, it's really twisted considering jay-z is a dad as well apparently you know remember Beyonce's belly folding in half on Ellen, you know, as she sat down, completely folded down the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why? Why as a man would you do that? And again, you're not do. It's not like a cool artwork. Do you know what I mean? There are people walking around that are wearing Che Guevara t-shirts who have no idea who Che Guevara is. 
No idea what he stood for, what he's about, anything like that. No, no, no inclination. Because again, it's they just think it's cool. They've seen other people wear them. No one's wearing "Do What Thou Wilt" t-shirts. No one's going around fist bumping and being, "Yeah, do what thou wilt, bro." That's not a thing. It's not this. This guy doesn't have that kind of clout where you're going to wear his. You know, if you had a shirt with Alistair Crowley on it, his face in perfect detail. No one would know, you know, they think you had Elmer Fudd on your shirt. No one knows who Alistair Crowley is. He's no one to regular people like me, you and me. He's no, he's a zero. And yet, Jay-Z's got that splashed across his chest. And I know when Kanye had his moment when he went completely, you know, crazy, eventually on stage, had his breakthrough, you know, he was saying, oh, Jay-Z, don't send your guys after me. Like, don't send your killers after me. Um... Yeah, it's always seemed like Jay-Z is, you know, he's always flipping the pyramid. He's always doing the triple sixes. He's always, he seems like um, maybe he's another, I mean, I imagine it must be for some of these guys where they go, look, I'm never getting out of this. Like, I am trapped in and I might as well just, just go for it. I might as well just embrace this life and be like it. And I think there was a uh, a rumour a while ago that Jim Carrey was one of those kind of guys as well. Um, and, and another person I never really know how to feel with because at one side we have seen him trying to get out you know we saw him try to get out we saw him you know go on it was it um, was it Jimmy Kimmel I think it was Jimmy Kimmel it might have been I lose track of all these guys yeah it's, it you was. know and he's you know he said oh you know came out and d- did the pyramid and stuck his tongue through it um, did it to the audience. All the audience were laughing it up, eating it up, and he, you know, sat down, kept doing it, uh, you know, inexplicably, just come out. Uh, and Jimmy Kimmel said, "Oh, what's that? What's that?" And he's, like, "Oh, well, you don't know what that is. You don't, you know, you don't know what it is. Jimmy Fallon doesn't know what it is. Oprah doesn't, you know, none of you know what this is, you know." And did it again. And uh, he said, "What is that?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm fed up of it. I'm fed up of the lies. I'm here to, you know, blow the blow the screen off it." Uh, you know, it's the all, muck, all mocking tongue. It's the symbol of the Illuminati, and you're part of it, and all the celebrities are part of it, and you're all pretending that you don't know what it is. You know, and then Jimmy Fallon was doing it next to him as well, the same way. And you know, at some stage, it could have just been a big mocking ritual, and and that could have very well been what it was. You know, let's 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 do that stuff they do where they go oh, look, talk Illuminati. You know, tin foil hat lizard people. You know, but the, the earth is flat as well, don't you? You know, that kind of, let's make a mockery out of it. Let's really laugh at it. And then when someone else goes, oh, do you know what? Look at this symbol they're making. And you go, oh, come on, man. You're not one of them, are you? You're not. It's just a pyramid, man. You know, it's not. It, don't be an idiot. Like, it, uh, royal family of lizards. It becomes this big mocking thing. <laughs> and it, it works. You know how they, they get hold of it and they, they change it for a lot of people. Because how many people are... How many people are reading all these different you know, books? How many people know about Alistair Crowley and Albert Pike and Manly P. Hall? How, how many people know about these guys? How many people read all this stuff? You know, Mariana Abramovich, all these... Who knows about the Podesta emails? Who knows about Pizzagate? Who knows about all this stuff? And versus how many people watch that show, Jimmy Fallon? But it seemed when he was around that time, then his long-term girlfriend committed suicide. Um... He was seen carrying the coffin, like, in obvious distress. And then he re- went away and just reinvented himself. You know, didn't have the blonde hair. I don't think that would suit Jim, but he went away, disappeared for ages, and then came back with the big beard, and he was a New Age spiritualist, you know, who was painting pictures of Jesus and all this kind of stuff. But it was, 
him essentially saying, you know, it's it's uh, it's all fake. All of this is fake. Reality is fake. None of this exists. You know, it's it's all a lie. Essentially, a big big perpetual liar. Um, and there's there's been a lot of them. There really has. I've, I remember the um, you've probably seen the Katy Perry one as well. You know where she's she's on stage singing. Oh yeah, yes. And yes. then she start. You can see it's yeah. like she's being chased by something. And she's like running around the stage looking for something. She has no idea where she is. Going from doing this really energetic performance to like a full blown mental episode and then collapsing, just falling to the floor and security run in, pick her up, carry her out. And <laughs> what do we see? This is Katy Perry back in the long black hair days. And then when we do see her next, Katy Perry's been rushed into rehab. Katy Perry's in hospital for a couple of weeks and we see her, she come out, she cut her hair short and she's got blonde hair. And she went, oh, I just, I just overheated. Just overheated. So okay. <laughs> Do you know what? I've been hot sometimes in my life. Like I've been, you know, I've I've never suddenly completely forgot where I was and then looked for a way out as though I was a you know a child, um, and everyone around me was laughing at me. You know, wearing masks. It's there was such a, a look of fear. Wendy Williams as well. That was another good one. Um, if you saw that one, with oh, her. when she when she fainted, yeah. When she was dressed as the the Statue of Liberty, yeah. But that was there's something about that, you know. If, again, if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, I, <laughs> I imagine most of the people listening to the show have probably seen this and quite up to up to date on this kind of stuff. But if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. Where she's just dressed as the uh, the um, Statue of Liberty, and mid sentence she just stops talking. But there is all of a sudden this dawning look of fear on her face. That is like someone is about to kill her, and and do you know what? The, one of the most haunting things about it, it's almost not an adult look of fear. It's like a childhood look of fear that is has been buried, and is coming back up again. And she looks absolutely terrified, and then just collapses, just straight up collapses. I think she blamed that on overheating as well, didn't she? Or stress, or one of them? Yeah, of course she did. <laughs> I think, um, especially um, the now you say it, the Statue of Liberty was um, one. If you really look at the Statue of Liberty, and um, there's so much stuff about it, I'm not going to go into it too much. But um, firstly, it's a man. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what? I've heard that long before I was into all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, people were saying, "Oh, it's a man." Like the Statue of Liberty is a man. It's not. It's not feminine at all nah um look up um i think it was the statue of of lucifer i can't remember what artist a famous artist made this statue and it looks strikingly the same like the same pose same uh, eyes face nose definition everything it's Mm. the same yeah the exact same um there's a lot more towards the Statue of Liberty as well, but yeah, Statue of Liberty is a man. <laughs> we'll do a. I mean, it wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense? I mean, we've we've obviously joked, but it's not been a joke over the past two episodes about Michael Obama and about you know Melinda Michael Gates, um, and again when you see them, they are men, and. I've got to, I've got to find Chris's picture. Why didn't I save it? I saw it and I was like, "Wow, that's a man!" I was man. trying to look for it myself. Yeah, do you know, I've never seen it before. But it was, if the face wasn't enough, 
as we mentioned before, the, the sheer width of the shoulders, the size of the biceps, the size of the forms, the musculature was a man's musculature through and through. This isn't a woman that's been working out. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, it's most guys, guys, if you're listening, you've been to the gym and you've probably seen some girls that are, you know, you get your standard glamour girls, you get your cardio bunnies, but you've probably seen a couple of girls at your gym that are pretty, you know, they're pretty serious into it. You know, they they some I've I've known girls that compete um, for a living in weightlifting and um, kind of you know body uh, bodybuilding contests, best you know composition of body things like that. I've known people that compete and they look nothing like that, nothing like that because unless you're on steroids, you cannot achieve that, and even then you cannot achieve that masculine frame. It was a male frame through and through and through and through. And it's almost like, you know, the Statue of Liberty wearing the crown of Isis, um, lifting the flame up. It would be so ironic. It would be so perfect for them to have a great big quote-unquote female, what people think is a female, you know, dressed as, um, dressed as a female across everyone. It's a great big statue to kind of how they think about things. They love that kind of stuff. They really, really do. It's obviously, if you're ever thinking, and, and I've, I've said this so many times, um, the, the entire gay culture, so to speak, was created, first of all, and then steered in a certain direction. And the sad thing is, a lot of people that, that are, a lot of homosexual men particularly, because there isn't that much, there was never like a really a female gay culture. It was very much a male gay culture. You know, the stereotype was always having the, the very, very effeminate men. And that was the poster child of kind of, you know, maybe the patriarchy at work. But there was never, never in my mind at least, has there been a big, big, big push on the kind of butch lesbian or the lesbian anyway, outside of porn, um, where male... The, the, the very vocal, flamboyant, male, homosexual has kind of been plastered everywhere. Uh, all over the place and it seems that really all that was all that celebration was was just a vehicle effectively to then go on to the you know the RuPaul the drag race the transgender the transsexual kind of that that kind of movement it, it almost used the the gay scene to 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 bring that about and <sighs> It's again. It's when you've done as much deep diving we have, and when you do these deep diving, when you do these reads, you cannot say that this is not for some reason or another. This is something they idolise. You know, this is something that has been ingrained in their cult slash culture for the longest time. And I, I, you know, honestly, no one seems to really have the answers behind it outside of that. It's just a. It is a breakdown of the kind of natural order of things it's a it's it's a it's the reversal of the you know the male and female it's it's a complete conglomeration of both which says we're going to spit on essentially god's order of things and um yeah that's i mean that's where we are right now you just you only have to look at you know the the, the thing is they can hide so much of this behind diversity so anytime there's a program, you know, anytime there's a, a, a film, there always has to be the token once gay, now transgender character, you know, in every show. And they say, oh, well, we're trying to be inclusive of, of everyone. 
but that that was never really a requirement 20 years ago you know people it's not we're all so much more woke now and we really care because your average person doesn't really care i don't think your average trans person really cares that much about being represented in every single film musical series you know cartoon i don't think they cared that much about it from what i've read anyway um and, and as mentioned last episode so many trans people just feel completely betrayed by the movement because they feel it doesn't it's not representative of them it's a it's a a, a a snake that's just got completely out of control and has put many suppositions on them and um attributes that just doesn't represent them and they they're kind of fighting against that you know they're always pushing against that they're always having to kind of instill new values in people because they're just being presumed to be this way or that way or any other way instead of just themselves which is you know it's horrible because it's a unique battle to them in that when people meet you you know most of the time although people will have again preliminary suppositions about you for the most time they're quite open to let you you know make assumptions and 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 learn who you are but yeah i mean they yeah they're men miss mrs mrs gates is a man let's just let's put that out there uh let's put it on there let's put it on her tinder profile so everyone knows (laughs) i think we'll see more of that going forward aren't we we're going to see a lot more i don't know moving into the new there's been a lot of um a lot of rhetoric on cancel culture recently and obviously cancel culture and, and you know, my, these are my pronouns. There's 64 different genders and genders of spectrum and all that kind of stuff. It is, it is the Fabian socialism, the, the, the new culture, the death by a thousand cuts that is changing society. Uh, and it's going to get worse. It's really going to get worse, especially now it's got an, it's modern gender theory getting into university campuses and stuff in the towards the tail end of the 80s is now really flourishing and a lot of it's coming from america where this stuff is kind of almost test bedded first and then rolled over here once they feel like it's picked up enough steam but there you go i mean it's um it's one of those things you have to be aware of it really really is because it's effectively if you as i mentioned a couple of episodes ago with the film midsummer where you know before when, when all the cult went out to the cliff and the old people, 72 years of age, when they, they said, look, they're not, they're not, they're a burden now. They're going to kill themselves before they burden everyone else. And this is beautiful. This is a, a reincarnation. And you had the pregnant women in the cult. And they said, look, when they die, they're going to be reincarnated as one of these babies. Look, this is a, this is a celebration. <laughs> you know, and one of the, you know, the old woman jumped off and smashed her head to pieces immediately. And that was fine. And the man jumped off, but he, didn't land properly just broke his leg so they come up with a big ceremonial hammer and smash his head in and all the people from outside the village who were brought in by a friend quote unquote were going absolutely they were, oh, i've just seen someone jump to their death and kill themselves i've just seen someone beaten to death with a hammer but before they jumped off the cliff the camera was in one static position and one member of the cult turned round and looked into the camera for three or four seconds no smile no anything and then looked back and it was it was saying, "Do you have a problem with this? Give you some time, but you don't know what you're you don't know what you're part of. You don't realize you're part of a ritual, and you keep watching and you don't say anything. Like everyone and everyone there didn't say anything. They just watched. And then he goes, "Oh, you haven't got a problem because you haven't said anything. I'll turn back, and now you're part of the ritual. You're part of this. So, 
when they do this stuff, when they when they rolled out these um these these drag queens that are like I want to go into schools and I want to I want to teach your you know five and six year olds about sex really early and you know procreation and all this kind of stuff when these kids don't even know they've got no notion of that they want to play do you know what I mean they want to play tag and they want you know kissing a girl is like oh it's disgusting and then like, I want to teach them how to put condoms on and stuff like this you know don't just go yeah yeah okay yeah uh, yeah fine you know fight that kind of stuff because it is not it's not about that. You know, it's never been about that. And it's it's creeping and creeping. And, of course, they hide it behind the idea of, of, of oneness, openness, you know, love, acceptance, tolerance. But it's only tolerance one way. When you say, oh, do you know what, I don't really want my five-year-old playing with condoms and, and learning, they're going, oh, you're, in, you're intolerant. I thought this is all about tolerance. I thought this is accepting everyone. You know, regardless of their views. It's only it's only tolerance one way. Gross. Really, really gross. Really again it, it, it I'm sure everyone everyone listening to this has experienced this. This isn't a this isn't a, a, a local phenomenon. This is happening all over the world en masse. And there's no real getting away from it. And and, and it, the only thing you can do on an individual level is say, No, I'm not gonna be part of this. You know, it can exist. But it doesn't have to exist in me. Really, really doesn't. Uh, I'm not going to be part of the problem. I'm, I'm going to be part of the solution. It's not a question of tolerance. It's a question of individual free right. You know, you can be tolerant of people without selling yourself out, essentially. <sighs> the famous sigh. Uh, that's all I can say with that, really. It's crazy. It is. Yeah, really. It. Uh, I don't think that many... I think if we knew, if we could somehow see the script for a couple of minutes, I think we'd be blown away. I think we would really, really, really be blown away at how much of our reality is completely artificial. You know, we watch films like The Matrix and we go, oh, imagine, was, imagine that. I was just about to say The Matrix and The Matrix is a documentary. Yeah, absolutely we, we 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 cannot see it because again it's as i said it is that that death by a thousand cuts it isn't something that is it isn't something that has just someone has decided this is happening it's something where it's a little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit it's, it's boiling the frog and eventually you get accustomed to it you hear it the same way in the beginning you know everyone was where everyone put the masks on and lots of people said, oh, I hate these masks, they're uncomfortable. And there, a plethora of websites popped up saying, oh, you know, they're uncomfortable at first, but you'll get used to them. And now no one really talks about it anymore. You know, people do moan about them, but they don't moan openly about them. You know, no one's going on their Facebook and go, I hate wearing this mask, you know, I hate doing this, I hate doing that. You know, no one seems to really care. And it's got to a point, <laughs> as we've mocked so many times, about people driving in their masks and, you know, the, the video I saw the other day where a woman's sit, you know, sitting at dinner having with her mask on and then she'll have a fork of food and then very, very quickly she'll lift her mask up, eat the fork and then, you know, mask back down. And it, it's just become, it's become normalised because people said, you know, oh, it's, people did not see the wolf in sheep's clothing and they said it's, it's just a mask. It's just a mask. You know, it's just taking a knee. It's just raising the fist. It's just 
changing your profile picture on Facebook to the rainbow flag, you know, or the French flag with Charlie Hebdo. It's it's just it's just something. It's that's all it is. It's just this, but it isn't just that. It's so much more. And you, you again, you don't realize how much of a how much of a ritual you're involved in. You you so much of of everything today is to downplay your worth in the world, you know. And I think that that's why science is the effectively the worshiping of numbers. You know, they love it. The when you're talking about the solar system we live in in the galaxy it's billions of stars and trillions of light years and you know millions of square cubic meters of gas and you know billions of years humans have been around for billions of years but probably billions more we've probably got it's all a big numbers game that makes you feel like oh i'm really i am really inconsequential and pointless and i'll be here for not even a a, a quadrant of a heartbeat and then i'm gone and my existence was completely futile and pointless. Uh, and there's no point really pushing back because I can't do anything and none of us can do anything. And, you know, uh, uh, that's all it's about. You know, again, you're here for a good time, not a long time. That kind of mindset. And it's the most damaging mindset to be in, that you are irrelevant, that you're just completely pointless and that you you exist if effectively just to, to, you exist on a superficial level that you don't have the power to invoke change, that you don't have, uh, that the need for talent or skills or indeed anything is actually important at all. That, that None of that matters. I remember there was, a, um, there was a study done a little while ago when it said that less and less and less children are becoming musicians now uh, and getting into music because when they looked into it, kids were getting the same satisfaction from watching other people play music as kids used to get from playing music themselves. So we've just got a smattering of, you know, we've got these kids that, they, you know, they might want to be a singer, a rapper, or a guitarist, or a drummer. They, you know, they want, might want to be something. And it used to be, I will keep at this skill until I've developed a skill, and then I will be what I'm dreaming of being. But instead, they're just going on YouTube. They're watching these other people. They're imagining that it's them on stage doing all this kind of stuff. They're imagining the crowd in front of them. And then they're just going, oh, I'm not going to do it. I won't bother. They're kind of stalling their dreams for the couple of people that are there. And that's, you know, as a musician, that's, that's quite sad because it's some of the, the worst parts of my life were only managed because of the ability to play music. Um there's a big swathe of my life where I was unemployed, you know, uh, and, and you know, uh, on a, going to the job centre where there were people that never want to work, people that have been going there for, for, you know, for 10 years straight, you know, 35 years, or they don't want to work. They come there with their four kids and they're like, uh, sign their bit of paper and they go. And I was pumping out these applications and you got applications back from KFC saying, oh, sorry, you're not good enough to make fried chicken. I'm thinking, oh, do you know what? <laughs> but I would then take my guitar and I would go to my local town and I would, you know, find the bridge, the bridge spot that everyone wanted. I would sit there busking, you know, for five or six hours. And then I'd make, you know, 50 quid or 100 quid in change. And then I would use that money to survive for, you know, two or three weeks. And not having that, not having that skill would have meant I was literally purely dependent on a handout. Like my only... My only opportunity to exist was from the, you know, from basically from the job centre. And again, there's many countries that don't have a benefit system. 
So when you're not working, you're not getting anything at all. There is no, there's, there's nothing there. And we're quickly approaching, you know, as furlough has prepared us for, this notion is being bandied about now, as so many things are, of the universal basic income. You know, the, the shift to automation and AI is going to create this useless class of people that we, we don't need entry-level skills anymore. But, they, you know, they failed to mention that entry-level is where everyone starts before they work their way up. Entry-level is the very first step up the stairs. And it's a necessary component. Sure, it can be done by machines, but then it stifles an entire generation of people who never get the chance. And again, when automation starts going, companies look for what is the most cost-effective thing, you know. And, and it, that's it, isn't it? You know, if, you, if you've got a website that can do the same job that someone that you used to hire someone to do, and the website requires far less maintenance and far less upkeep, you're going to keep with the website. And, you know, you'll save yourself uh, recruitment, for example. Uh, my brother has mentioned sure, episodes ago, ages ago. My brother does recruitment in London. And uh, they pay him arbitrary somewhere between fifty and sixty thousand pounds a year. Now, if you had a, a a system, a machine, especially in a world where there are more unemployed than ever, all seeking jobs that could a software that could filter out CVs, that could filter out applications and algorithm, and then send send successful applicants straight to the uh, to the interviewer themselves. Why do you need a recruiter to call all these unemployed people? who are applying, you know, 1,000 people for one high-end job. Why do you need a recruiter to do that? Why do you need them to sort for it when you've got a piece of software? And it's, uh, it's such a shame. It's such a shame because it's not, it's not just going to... It will start with the entry level. It will start with the shop workers. It will start with the guys at Amazon, you know, who are packing away your packages. It's, it's already half autonomous. Really have a look. If you, if you believe it can't be done, have a look at into... Um, on YouTube, there's many... Uh, if you've heard of the series How It Works, which they, they obviously show you how stuff is made, how it works, processes, things like that, they do a, an episode on Amazon and it shows you how much of Amazon's process is autonomous. And I think Amazon said by 2030, always 2030, that they believe that their entire workforce could be autonomous, which is scary. It's really scary. Because then again, Amazon goes, Royal Mail goes, you've got Hermes, you've got DPD, you've got Yodel, you've got delivery companies, packaging companies, you know, shelf stackers, you've got infinite amounts of things. Taxi drivers are gone because uh, cars can be automatically, uh, autonomous, I can't even say the word. Cars are driven by machines. And it, it does cover that in the, the New Normal documentary um, by the Happen Network on, on BitChute where um, it says that, that cars will be able by 2030 to miss each other by one centimetre. And cars are going to be able to drive in a way that you would never be able to drive as a person. You know, and you're, you, you buy your car and 96% of the time it's depreciating on your driveway because you only factually drive your car for about 4% of your day. And he said eventually it's going to get to the point when people are not going to trust regular driving anymore. You remember in iRobot where the, the cars drive themselves and, and, you know, Will Smith likes driving his car from time to time even though it's really dangerous and, uh, you know, the, 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 the female, the heroine in that is like, what are you doing? And when the robots attack, he takes control of his car and they're like, are you sure you want to, you know, the, the autonomous voice on there is like, are you sure you want to do this? This is dangerous. And he's like, hell with this. 
and, and driverless cars are everywhere. And he said, first of all, it's going to get to a point where people feel safer with these autonomous cars because, again, they can do things that humans can't do. They can react in a way that humans can't. All the sensors and all the bells and whistles allow them to do whatever they want to do. And shortly after that, it's going to be deemed a hazard for regular drivers to drive. And then shortly after that, it's going to be made illegal because your tiredness in the morning, you know, you went out and you had a drink. You can't be trusted behind the wheel. You can't be trusted to not drive if you had a drink. You've got to get home and, you know, you don't want to get a taxi. Your taxi waits 45 minutes. You're going to drive. They'll never know, you know. You had a joint, you know, a couple of hours ago and you're mostly over it. You're a little bit delirious, but you can still drive. You're better after you've had a joint. How many times have I heard that? You know, and these are the people that, that literally cause crashes, kill people, God knows what else. It will be deemed as you are a health hazard. You know, you're a hazard to everyone else because you can't do what a machine can do. And that, that's, the, that's the sad thing. That's the, that's the reality we're going to when we don't kind of, as, as mentioned before, when we don't dig our heels in and we are not so short-sighted and say no. And the thing is, these people who want to bring this new normal into us are very, very, very versed on human psychology. So they know, like an abusive spouse, how to say the right things to get you to go along with them. You know, if I'm if I'm selling you an autonomous car, I'm not going to talk to you about how it's going to put millions of people out of work. I'm not going to talk to you about how it completely destroys your independence. I'm not going to talk to you about any of that. I'm 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 going to talk to you. I'm not going to show you images of you know couples from years ago going to drive in movies. You know, married. Somebody. I'm not going to show you that stuff. I'm, I'm going to show you the statistics, the numbers on how many lives it saves and how much money you'll save and all this kind of stuff, all the stuff that I want you to hear as a salesman, this is what I want you to see. All of the good, none of the bad, which sounds, there's something going around right now where they only want to tell you the good side of it and not the bad. And that's it, isn't it? You'll go, yeah, you know, that sounds good. That I am willing to give up some of my... Um, some of my freedom for a little bit more safety, a little bit more security, just a, just a little bit more here and there, and then that's all that matters. Before you know it, you've got no freedom, and you you haven't really got safety, but you've got security. Oh, it's a mess. It's a big mess. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, do you know what I was inspired? Inspired by a couple of episodes, Chris, where you did your. Um, what do you call it? The uh, the roundup of the adverse events. Um, yes. And I, and I thought it'd been a couple of weeks. So I thought I'd dive in and I'd see where we're at right okay. now. That's, this is interesting. Yeah. So naysayers. This is from uh, gov.uk, their adverse events tracker. So this isn't pulled out of some conspiracy portal. This is gov.uk. And it's I have to preface this that only around 1% of adverse reactions are recorded. That number varies between when you look at it, it's between 1% and 10%. So some, some agencies, VAERS themselves, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reaction Survey, has said that it's only around 1% of people that actually record it. Um, the British Medical Journal wrote a paper on how, again, only between 1% and 10% of people report adverse events. And as we've said before, Think of all the people you know personally that have had the vaccine and they've had a sore arm 
They've they felt they've been bedridden for a week or two weeks. They've had terrible migraines. Maybe they've had some blow up in their lymph nodes, some inflammation, um, all these different things. And that's just the first one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then when you acknowledge that, how many people you know that have had adverse events, then ask yourself how many of those people went onto the VAERS website or went to the government directly and said, I want to report when I was feeling really poorly for a week. I want to report when my arm was almost, you know, my shoulder was completely locked up for three days with muscular pain. Oh, how many people reported that? Because I know of the several dozen people I know that have had it, I know about five five to seven people that have had adverse events. Not a single one has reported it. So when they say only between 1% and 10% of people actually report their adverse event, I 100% believe that. And I think if you, you know, if you hear it, you'll probably agree with it too. Um, but here we go. As of the 14th of April, 2021, there have been 9,100 blood disorders. There have been 7,400 cardiac disorders, uh, 10,000 eye disorders, 70,000 gastrointestinal disorders. There's been 14,000 infections. There's been 7,300 metabolic disorders there has been 146,000 nervous system disorders so when you are incontrollably twitching chattering blinking shaking rocking your nervous system collapsing there has been 12 and a half thousand psychiatric disorders 150 people have gone blind 210 people have gone deaf and 973 people have died um, and that's four months since we started vaccinating. And that's, again, imagine if that is, as they say, let's, I'm going to be really generous. I'm going to be really generous, right? And I'm going to say that that was 50% of all the people that reported. So 50% of the people that had an adverse event went and reported them. Uh, so the numbers are 50% less than what they should be. That's too high. It is, but I'm being super. I'm, so I'm, I'm playing. Way too high. I'm playing devil's advocate. As I said, they it's already and, and Google this. Between one and ten percent is the average amount. Of, but I'm going to say fifty percent. That would mean eighteen thousand blood disorders, fifteen thousand cardiac disorders, twenty thousand eye disorders, one hundred and fifty thousand gastrointestinal disorders, thirty thousand infections. 15,000 metabolic disorders, 300,000 nervous system disorders, 25,000 psychiatric disorders, 300 people blind, 400 people deaf, and nearly 2,000 people dead. And that's if 50% of people come forward and actually mark them instead of the 1 to 10%. So these numbers could very well be 10 times higher than what I've just mentioned. 10 times higher. So we could have actually been seeing close to 10,000 deaths or more. It's it's astounding. It really, really is astounding. It's too much. It's too, Of course it's too much. It's too much. And you know what? I, I had an argument with a chap earlier who said, we're not in a long-term trial. And I said, what do you mean we're not in a... You know, the, the trial isn't finished till 2023. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they've done trials. They tested it on tens of thousands of people. And I couldn't believe how dense this guy was. I said, you know, we'll, they're short-term trials. That We only started vaccinating people formally, officially, in December. That's when we started rolling the vaccines out. So they've only been around for 
well, less than five months now because obviously we're at the right at the start of May. And um, yeah, he said no that we're not in a long term trial. If we look at everything in regards to long term trials, then we wouldn't take anything. I was like, well, yes, we would. You know, we're we're allowed to be sceptical. And he said, oh, they were authorised. Anyway, they were authorised. I said, they weren't authorised. They were allowed. They were allowed under emergency powers. They were allowed to happen. And they were also allowed to happen without any kind of liability whatsoever. So don't say they were authorised, that they, you know, that they were checked, they were screened. And they said, all right, we're going to, there is enough reason here to let these happen. They were just allowed to happen to us. And I said to him, you know, so if we're not, if we are not part of the trial, if this isn't experimental, they've done the short-term safety data, apparently. They've probably, they could, they might be able to argue that they've got some mid-term data yet, but I would probably argue that mid-term data should be 6 to 12 months. I think that's probably fair. And the long-term data doesn't finish until 2023. So... How can you say we're not a trial if we're right smack bang in the middle of where things are? And I said to him, bring me some evidence. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will admit this isn't a trial, that this isn't experimental. If you bring me some evidence from Pfizer, from Moderna, from AstraZeneca, from anyone, anyone, any government agency in the world that says that no adverse long-term reactions are exist, there's not going to be any risk, bring me that evidence and I will yield, I will concede publicly that you were correct. And of course, he couldn't bring me any evidence because none existed because the whole point of doing a long-term trial is so you find out the long-term adverse events and they don't finish until 2023. Anyway, let me run through just some last little bits before we uh, wrap up on what is the 19th episode of Ideas of Bulletproof. Um, We have, we're going to have a bit of a revamp, I think, next week. Uh, Big 20 episodes, um, 20 episodes in. Maybe a celebration that we're still not shut down, Um, (laughs) which will be good. Um, We're going to, hopefully, in the coming weeks, there is a a Twitter, YouTube channel, Descent Media, which is going to do some some interviewing up in London of just people, their experiences on lockdown, uh, people that have been really negatively affected, inside workers, nurses, doctors, you know, things like that. Um, so we've been invited up to London to have a chat with them. So that would be interesting. As soon as we get some dates through, um, we can let you know. And um, yeah, do 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 a little bit more networking on this, um, because as I said, right now it's kind of you know we come on here, um, we don't really push ourselves on any media platform, we don't advertise ourselves too much or, or really do too much at all, and just let you guys kind of find us. And uh, we realise how difficult that is. And it's it's perhaps somewhat letting us fly under the radar, which, um, you know, we, we, we could do better than that. So a bit of a revamp next week for the big 20th episode. And, um, yeah, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll hear some differences in that. Can't wait. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, but here's some news that you may not have heard. I guarantee you haven't. Isn't this interesting? Uh, Detroit will pay $50 to anyone who convinces someone else to take the vaccine. Yeah, I heard about this. That's on Fox News. Ridiculous. Can you imagine? This, I, I, nowhere in the article did it mention this. But can you imagine, sort of, if there's some kind of, um, let's say, some kind of mafia-esque 
situation. You know, oh, you're paying for protection. You know, we're, we're a local group in here, we'll keep you safe, that kind of thing. But if someone decides to gather up people, march them to these, um, to these vaccination centres and get £50 per person, what kind of control someone could have over a neighbourhood? What kind of you know, groups could have control over a neighbourhood? Is they getting £50 per person? That's, that's pretty extreme. No way should that happen. But of course, you're gonna you will effectively get businesses that are cropping up now, as well as should we, should entrepreneurs, we'll call them, that are gonna make dividends off this. They're literally gonna manage to say, right, well, you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna get everyone vaccinated. Everyone's gonna get vaccinated now. I'm gonna help out. I'm gonna start a scheme where I get people vaccinated. I get fifty. You know, maybe I only take twenty five dollars. They take the other twenty five dollars, but it's exploitative, all the same. Really, really don't like that. Surprising. Um, this from fortrust.com the World Health Organization admits the Gates-backed vaccines caused the recent polio outbreak in Africa uh, from the article as a result the polio outbreak is now spreading outside of Sudan to neighbouring countries and uh, this is the man you know and not being funny Bill Gates is probably to, to put it Politely, probably knocking out some of his aggression on, on, <laughs> on old Michael Gates, and and there's there's nothing there anymore. There's nothing to vent himself into, onto, around, and um, you know that that's that can't be a good thing. You know, this is uh, if he was shedding the dead weight essentially, and by the sides of those arms, old Michael Gates weighs a fair fair few stone. We really don't want to see Bill Gates unleashed. But we, we've said for years and years that Bill Gates making his way over to India, making his way over to Africa and saving all these people with his vaccines was not as straightforward. Let us never, ever forget his speech he made where he said the world is population is currently around six and a half billion. In the next decade, it will go to nine billion. If we're really clever with vaccinations we can bring it down by 10 to 15 percent you go no he did that was he didn't say that he brought, bring the population down by 10 to 15 percent from 6.5 very clever very clever i got away with that it's beyond me <laughs> i suppose he didn't but then again if who if anyone kicks up what happens who's there mm-hmm. to listen who, who cares mm-hmm. no one that's it always the same kind of thing but there you go. Uh, the World Health Organization finally admits that it was thanks to Gates vaccines that the that there has been polio outbreaks in uh, in Africa. So there you go. I find it so funny that the World Health Organization at one point it was you must not say anything that is is deviates away from what the World Health Organization says. It has to follow exactly what they say. And that was the that was a precipice. That was the. Uh, the foundation for getting your stuff taken, you know, if you made a YouTube video that didn't go with what the the WHO said, that's how you got demonetized. That's how you got copyright strikes. That's how you got taken down. That's how your websites got blocked. That's how half the pages that are being shared on Twitter now are having those misinformation tags on them because they don't go along with WHO. But when the WHO said lockdowns are not working, no one cared about that. Uh, and obviously America said we're going to defund the WHO. Now they're kind of saying this other stuff. Don't want to talk about that. And they're kind of losing their clout 
in the uh, in, now the the damage is done and they've been used as a vehicle, they're kind of losing their clout because they're not really willing to toe the line as much anymore. That's such a shame, such yeah. a shame, especially um, with the with who having the a serpent on the logo uh, right in the middle that serpent. On a lot of ambulances, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It really is. Really is the and you again. You'll never look at that in the same way. You really won't. Um, this one, the Financial Times, Germany to lift restrictions for people vaccinated against COVID. So they are beginning to to oh. instill that two tier society where only the vaccinated get to go out, get to live their life again. You know, and the unvaccinated, and again. Don't believe that's going to be something that's going to be exclusive to Germany. That's just where they start. You mention these things and you roll them out and you see them work. And then once it's once that ritual is complete and no one fights against it and no one pushes up and talks loud enough, then it goes everywhere. So just because it isn't happening on your doorstep right now, it's coming, coming to a theatre near you. Time to fight back now. This was a this this made me smile, this one. There's not much these days that, that brings a big pearly white bit of beaming to my face, but this was one of them. Um, the NHS, and also, I just want to preface this, actually. Who saw this coming? I swear we mentioned, I swear we mentioned episode, guys, that we did, because I was talking about my uh, my dad when he said he was going to get the vaccine, had it all booked in. And I said, don't do it, Dad. You're not travelling this year. You know, you, you need to give up of the idea that you're travelling. They're telling you that if you don't get the vaccine... You can't travel. But even if everyone gets a vaccine, they're not going to let you travel anyway because this isn't over yet. You know, the, the full level of misery and torment is not over yet. And they know how much relief you going in the sun and in the sand and in the sea and, and being able to drop all this and pretend this doesn't exist for two or three weeks. They know what that can do. That can give you the power to see for another year, you know. Me and my partner went uh, escaped. It was an escape uh, to Turkey at the tail end September of last year. Managed to get in just before all the nonsense came about. And do you know what? I have to credit that escape with the perseverance of where we are right now. And there's so many people around us who are mentally faring so much worse. Uh, and I've still got, you know, I'll still go through the pictures. I've still got the videos. I can still almost feel the sun, feel the wind, smell the sea. And it's, it does really, really help you out. And they know that. But there you go. So I said it's not going to happen. We said it's not going to happen. Uh, and then despite them saying, you know, get your vaccine, get your immunity passport ready, and then come May, come June, you know, start booking your holidays. You can go back, return to normal. Um, this from the Independent. The NHS app may not be ready to be a vaccine passport as a green list is expected on Friday. So they're already saying, you know... It's, it, it's not ready. It's not. It's 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 all you know. It's coming up to June, and it's not ready. It's not ready yet. Might not be ready for months, months and months. And by that time, it's going to be heading into uh, into October and December time, and it's going to be too cold, and you're not going to want to go to these places anyway. And uh, God help you if you try and book a little getaway in the UK, uh, because I have some family that has been on that particular pursuit for the last week, and you cannot find anywhere anywhere that has places right now. It seems that a lot of people have gone, do you know what? We're not, they've conceded defeat and said, we're not going on holiday this year. Let's just book a nice getaway somewhere in the UK, you know, 
Peak District or Lake District or Scotland or Wales or somewhere green and luscious. Let's just go somewhere else, you know, and and everyone has, and there is nothing left. So, yeah, what a, what a dire strait we're in. <laughs> dire strait. Uh, do you know what? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just just summarising it with crazy. It's crazy. Oh, one final, tiny, just because some people who listened to the tail end of last week's episode might be interested in the tail end of this week's episode it's going to be like my little end of episode running series we're still playing with the worms we're still playing with the mask worms that we found in all the blue surgical masks that everyone's wearing that only appear when you put hot wet air on the mask and all of a sudden they suddenly start sprouting out moving all over the place wiggling the same worms that do not burn so if you put them under a micro if you put them under a, a, a lighter or a match, they don't burn, they survive. They're not fibrous, they've got a cellular structure. Anyway, the other day, uh, grabbed a, a small needle, made a little pinprick in my finger, um, put some blood on a, on a mask next to one of these worms, picked it up in a pair of tweezers, and as I moved it towards this droplet of blood, it curled in on itself. It literally curled away from the blood in the other direction, literally curled away, curled away. And it was insane. It was insane because every time you moved it near the blood, it sheltered. It literally wound itself up to, to escape the blood. And then the strangest thing happened. I touched the tip of it, even though it curled itself, I touched the tip of it to the blood, pulled it away. And as I pulled it away, it stretched itself out to full length. It was curly before. You know, if you can imagine like a beard hair, it was curled and, and, and gnarled and it stretched itself out almost, almost needle straight and it it aimed in the direction of a blood like it was a magnet. Gross. So, and I got, again, I got that on video and I filmed the whole thing and I have that for... Uh, Did you put that in the group? Yes. Well, I put the, uh, I put the video in the group, but thanks to WhatsApp's wonderful compression and the, 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 the worm's fibers whatever they are whatever they really are are so fine when the video compressed you could barely make out what was happening so i had to take screenshots of the video and then post that but it really didn't do it much justice um so that is that from the new update yes yeah so we've um i think we're going to do a little bit more because it's interesting to know they've, they've found these same worms wrapped up inside the covid uh, nose swabs as well so they're forcing up your nose and these things only come alive when it gets warm and when it gets wet. And before that, you can't even find them. That's a crazy thing. So if you cut these masks up and you pull them apart, they're non-existent. They just don't exist. They're not there. And as soon as you get warm and wet, you put a little bit of steam underneath them, they push themselves up through the mask. And you have to normally, you know, the, the first time Nathan was, Nathan's kind of the guy for this at the minute who's running the big experiments on it and, and filming so many of them. Um, first of all, he was doing them. I was thinking, how are you finding so many? Because I can only find one or two. And he said to me, you know, leave the leave the mask under some steam for about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and, and and when you come back, you'll see loads of them. And I did exactly that the other day. And where I went from being about one or two on the whole mask, and they're so minute, they're quite hard to find. Um, to being 15 or 20 of them. But the funniest thing was he pulled one off 
and he trapped it under a plastic um what would you call it like a so there's a the the microscope he bought comes with a plate so you can take things off you can put it under the glass so like a leaf for example something like that and you can flatten it out so you can uh, you can examine this from beyond the plate but the plates on top of it there's no wind there's no air there's no current there's no moisture there's no anything under there and he's left it under there and he's left it trapped there for a week and uh, if he puts his finger anywhere near it it moves around it responds to it it follows his finger around the thing and it it literally it sits there even after a week it's still alive it moves if he doesn't go near it it moves it just becomes more active the more he gets closer to it and uh as you know what um, every every experiment he puts out i just love it and um constantly thinking of new ways we can try and work out what these things are but what we have factually established now fundamentally without argument is that they are not fibers they're not any kind of textile fiber that they are organic that they have a cellular structure that you can see with a microscope they have a cellular structure they look like they have some kind of hooks at one end some kind of mandible or mouthpiece or some kind of grabbing structure um and again they they do not burn they cannot be burnt they do not destroy under fire doesn't matter how long you hold them for and even after you've burnt them uh, as i mentioned last one nathan burnt one um, on a plastic slide of a microscope bubbled the plastic all around it nylon melted it put it back on the microscope this thing's still wiggling around happy as all day so can't be burnt and they shy away from blood until they get a taste and then they go absolutely crazy for it very very strange evil people evil people but anyway as always thank you very much for tuning in um episode 19 um it's a achievement it really really is um look forward to the ideas of bulletproof podcast 2.0 and uh I think until that time, respect existence or expect resistance. Take care. See you later, guys. <laughs>